Welcome to this week's Midweek Sermon. My name's Mark and I attend All Saints Woodford Worlds with my wife Louise, my son Oscar, and soon we hope to take our newborn William there with us too. Today I'm going to be talking to you about John 16 verses 5 to 15. So if you'd like to turn in your Bibles to those verses, we'll read them together. Now I am going to him who sent me. None of you asks me, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I have said these things. But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin because people do not believe in me. About righteousness because I am going to the Father where you can no longer see me. And about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me, because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. This passage <clears throat> reminds me of a, a time in my teenage years, uh, back in the 90s, when uh, I had curtains and the perfect centre parting, which was a star to have back then. It was a time when Baywatch was on TV and everyone smelt like CK1. I was doing my Duke of Edinburgh uh, silver expedition in the Black Mountains in Wales. And for the first week, we had a guide, a leader, our mentor, someone who knew the mountain range like the back of their hand, they knew the treacherous parts to avoid, um, and we followed them, it was easy, we just did what they said, and uh, we could see everything we needed to do really clearly. But in the second week, we had no physical guide, we were given a map, and we were supposed to know how to use it, uh, and we had to find our own way um, to do quite a long walk across a few days on this mountain range. And I remember with this newfound trust and freedom, I decided that what I would start to do is look and just see if there are a few shortcuts, a few ways we could make this expedition a bit easier uh, and a bit quicker. And uh, I was pretty successful at it. The first few we took worked very well, um, but the last one we took taught me the value of understanding contour lines. If anyone's never come across an ordinate survey map before, contour lines are the brown lines uh, on, on the map that denote how steep um, a, a hill or a mountain is. And on this last shortcut, we started off the track to take our shortcut down the side of the mountain. And the more we went on, as twilight came in and the sun started to go down, the steeper this decline got until right near the end where we were, the only way to get down the rest of the mountain was to hop down to the next rock and the next rock and the next outcrop, almost vertical drops. 
Now, the team at this point had started to lose faith in my shortcut uh, creating abilities, and some of the more timid members had asked that we stop and blow our whistles and wait for rescue. Now, fortunately for us, we made it to the bottom of the mountain relatively safely. Everyone was fine and we got to where we were going. We used our torches and the map to get back to the prescribed, approved route that our mentor had given us uh, when they issued the map to us and everyone was okay. I think that this must be a little bit like what the disciples faced and felt like when their guide, their mentor, their leader, Jesus, said that he was going to go away and he was sending something else for them to use instead to navigate their way through treacherous territory. If you read earlier in the chapter, he talks about quite how challenging uh, and drastic the situation is going to be after he's gone. Jesus says, I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth. And he is, of course, referring to the Holy Spirit which is far better than an ordinate survey map, um, a dynamic being that you can engage with and can, who can still be your guide uh, today. The Holy Spirit is to be the Apostle's advocate, not just a guide, but an advocate in God's law court, um, an advocate like a barrister who will not only guide you through the law um, and what you're up against, but also represent you defend you against those that would try to condemn you, like the people of Jerusalem and the surrounding area at that time for the, for the disciples. Jesus is specific about what the Holy Spirit is going to be sent to do. He says the Holy Spirit will prove to all that we have rebelled against God and that to do so is wrong. After Pentecost, Acts 2 verse 37 says that the Holy Spirit pricked the hearts of the people of Jerusalem as they heard the disciples talk. It dawned on them what they'd done. they put the Messiah to death. They saw the world correctly. When Saul became Paul on the road to Damascus, he saw the error of his ways. He saw that his understanding, his worldview was wrong. The Holy Spirit helped him to see God's big picture helped him to see the world and creation as it really is. And when a person first truly realises they have sinned and turns to God for forgiveness and redemption, the Holy Spirit is doing that work again. And that happens through the ages and still happens today, thank God. The Holy Spirit will show us that we failed to be righteous, the second part of the Spirit's job. Just as the people of the first century of Jerusalem couldn't make up for their sin through keeping to strict Jewish laws and making sacrifices, we cannot ever match up to the standards that Jesus demonstrated. And the Holy Spirit has a really important role in reminding us of this and reminding us of the standards. Now that Jesus is not in front of us anymore, where we can see him walking, talking and, uh, and setting our example. The Holy Spirit's job was to leave us with something that will remind us of what those standards are so that we are very clear um, whether or not we are righteous. The Holy Spirit will make clear that we deserve God's judgment, but that we have or can be redeemed through faith in Jesus. The final task of the Holy Spirit, which we'll come back to a bit later. I think when you put all of these together, 
the overarching message I hear is that the Holy Spirit has come to remove the deceit of Satan. The Holy Spirit is here to clear up people's minds. We talk about the blind now seeing. And all we're seeing is the way things really are and have always been. God's creation, God's plan, God's big picture. The Holy Spirit corrects our worldview to make sure that it really does match up to the reality of what God has created. Suppose, for example, you wanted to find a central London location. A map of the city would be really useful for that. But suppose through some sort of error, some printing error, the map that you actually had, although it said London on top of it, was a map of Paris. Can you imagine how frustrating, how ineffective trying to reach your destination would be using that map? You might work on your behaviour, you could try harder, you could be more diligent, you could double your speed. But your efforts would only succeed in getting you to the wrong place faster. You might work on your attitude, you could think more positively. You still wouldn't be able to get to the right place, but perhaps you'd be so happy you wouldn't care about it. The point is you'd still be lost. The fundamental problem has nothing to do with your behaviour or your attitude. Um, It has everything to do with having the wrong map. If you have the right map of London, then diligence becomes important. And when you encounter frustrating obstacles along the way, then attitude can make a real difference. But the first and most important requirement is the accuracy of the map. And I think this is the same as our worldview. If our worldview and how we understand the world and how things are and how things should be doesn't match up to the reality of God's plan and what he's created and what he has planned for us, then we're going to find life a very frustrating experience where we're often lost. You can apply this to something as simple as a pizza delivery. I mean, if... um, I'm waiting for my pizza to be delivered and the driver takes 30 minutes to get it to me and I think you should be able to cook a pizza and deliver it in 20. I'm not going to be particularly pleased about having to wait that extra 10 minutes for my food. But if they deliver to my neighbour and they expect that it will take 45 minutes to do the same thing and the driver delivers in 30 minutes, my neighbour will be very happy about what's just happened. Nothing's changed. The reality is the pizza was delivered in 30 minutes. But because my worldview says that it should be delivered quicker, I'm unhappy about it. And because my neighbour's worldview says that that's faster than it should be delivered, they're over the moon about it. Having a correct worldview changes how we experience life. And the Holy Spirit will improve the accuracy of our worldview, the accuracy of our map of how things are and how things should be. And I think that's a really important thing that's needed right now in the world. It seems to me we're in a a new age, an age of um, being true to yourself or uh, just be you, I think is the latest incarnation of this new mindset, this new map, this new worldview, which says, don't worry about pleasing other people. Don't live by somebody else's standards or rules. Be your natural self. It's a really freeing mantra and it has no doubt led to people throwing off the shackles of 
judgmental society's rules that need to be there. But before you try and be true to yourself or just be you, I would strongly encourage, I'd implore you to invite the Holy Spirit to dwell in you. Invite the Holy Spirit and Christ in so that when you're being true to yourself, you're being true to him also because you are aligned with God's reality. He is the one that created us. He created this world. He created the universe. There's no one better to explain how it should work and give you that correct map of the world. This time last year, Yakult conducted a poll in the UK uh, that showed that 90% of 19 to 29 year olds felt like life has no meaning or purpose. Trying to find peace and fulfilment without the Holy Spirit as your guide is like trying to find the centre of London using a map of Paris. C.S. Lewis sets it out very well, as he always does, when he says, I believe in Christianity as I believe the sun has risen. Not only because I see it, but because by it, I see everything else. So what I'd ask from you to take away from this talk today is to make an effort to embrace the Holy Spirit. Jesus sent the Spirit to help us, and I think all of us need help from time to time. And if lockdown has given you more free time, more spare time, more quiet time than you have before, I'd ask you to use that to pray. As Christians, the Holy Spirit dwells in us, and time of quiet reflection will put you in touch with the Holy Spirit more. Read the Bible. The Holy Spirit opened the apostles' eyes and ultimately enabled them to write the New Testament. Reading the Bible and gaining a better understanding of it puts you more in touch with the Holy Spirit and helps you to have God's big picture as your worldview. Read a Bible companion uh, study guide or other Christian writings. Tom Wright's For Everyone Bible Guides are my favourite. Uh, Luke For Everyone, John For Everyone, for example. Readily available online. Uh, great companions that really unpack Bible verses for you. C.S. Lewis's nonfiction, Mere Christianity, is a great work. It has a whole overarching picture of Christianity. And if you're not much of a reader, then why not try watching something like A.D.? Kingdom and Empire on Netflix, which really brings the uh, early church to life and how it was formed, shows you how that happened. They're all written with some guidance from the Holy Spirit. But most importantly, I would ask that you share what you learn, because the Holy Spirit's job is to clear up confusion and correct our worldview, amongst many other things. And the Holy Spirit does this by acting through you. Let's pray and give thanks for the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, we give thanks for everything you've done. We give thanks for you sending the Holy Spirit to us. Lord Jesus, I want to say sorry for all of the times that I've let the values, the worldly values of the moment drown out what the Spirit is telling me is right. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit fills all of us 
so that we may all see clearly and not be lost again, so that we can avoid the treacherous territory. And Lord, I pray that your spirit fills us so that we can speak his words to others and bring more people to you to receive your forgiveness and to receive your advocate. We ask this in Jesus' name.